this is Chanel. Hi, this is Stacy. Hey, nerds, this is Ashley. And this is Fanfic Fanatics. guys this is stacy and i will be reading our one shot wednesday of the week um so this is a fic from Cass falls in love is the author and the title of this fic is we'll draw in breaths like we don't have air and this is supernatural fandom and then i went ahead and stayed on theme so this is a Cass and dean uh fic so i hope you like it when Cass walks into the kitchen one day and says i love you Dean thinks he's joking, and maybe that's the problem. Man, you haven't tasted them yet, he chuckles, spooning scrambled eggs onto a plate. Save the declaration of love until after. Sam glares at him, but there's nothing new, so he doesn't take any notice, other than pointing his fork at his brother and and saying sternly, eat your eggs. Dean chooses not to see Cass's chest-fallen face. When he takes Cass a glass of water that night because he heard him yelling through the walls, Cass takes his wrist and asks him to stay. So he does, legs stretched out in front of him on top of the blankets, arms folded under his head and eyes fixed on the ceiling. As he weaves tales of humorous Winchester hunting escapades until Cass falls asleep again. A few days later, when Dean nods off in a stiff back chair in the library, face down in a book no less... He doesn't actually feel Cass drape a blanket over his shoulders, and he doesn't notice when Cass' fingers lightly brush the hair on his forehead, but something makes him smile in his sleep anyway. When morning comes, Dean knows that it would be logical to assume the blanket was Sam's doing and doesn't mention it. And Goodwill, when shopping for something that won't make Cass look like a homeless person, the smile on Cass's face as he rummages through a rack of hideous shirts almost makes Dean's stomach squirm. But of course, it doesn't because that would be insane. Then Cass holds up a very gender-questionable black t-shirt with Angel by Day, Devil by Night written on the front in bright yellow and red lettering and says, very seriously, what do you think? And Dean can't remember laughing so hard in a very long time. It turns out that Cass was joking, but Dean buys the shirt anyway, if only to see Sam's face. A week later, Dean and Sam are grocery shopping, and at one point in the dairy aisle, Dean says, No, Cass, doesn't like the vanilla one anymore. Get strawberry and make sure it's all organic and crap or else he, or else we won't hear the end of it. I swear to God, man, I've never known anyone take yogurt so seriously. Well, apart from you, which says a lot, really. He stops to look at his brother. He stops at the look his brother is giving him, sh- short of amused yet satisfied, like he's just won an argument or a bet. What's wrong with your face? Sam just shrugs nothing and pushes the cart towards the milk, but the whole moment settles deep in Dean's stomach and makes him slightly inexplicably nauseous. Later that week, Cass stumbles upon and then develops a certain fondness for the Discovery Channel, by which Dean means that Cass sits in front of the television and hauntingly corrects the oblivious narrator and presenters in a way that only someone who actually was there during... Things like the Crimean War can. Sometimes Dean joins him because it's nothing better. Because if nothing, if not amusing to hear Cass refer to Florence Nightingale as old flow. It is when Dean is watching a documentary about Antarctica that his whole world tips on a, on a little axis. 
because there's these emperor penguins, right? And they practically mate for life, but they spend months and months apart every year because they have separate duties, separate responsibilities. Then they crawl across miles and miles of ice and reunite and just stand there and fucking sing to each other chest to chest for a while. And it all seems so impossible because of the constant danger. The monster's out to get them to eat them. The vast distance between them. Like whole other worlds, other planes of reality. But something always brings them back together. And Dean, and Dean has forgotten who he's talking about. And when he looks across at Cass now, who is swamped in one of Sam's hoodie sweatshirts and curled up in the chair with an ease that Dean has never seen before. And hopefully informing him that actually Dean only about 15% of penguin pairs find each other again the second year and just 5% the year after that. How fucking tragic is that? The whole thing has Dean reaching for the whiskey. If Dean's world is wonky after what he's been terming in the deep dark recess of his brain is the penguin crisis, it collapses on itself like a fucking supernova when one evening he realizes suddenly and abruptly that he really, really wants to fuck Cass in the nearest mattress or table or chair or any flat surface, really. They're cooking, you see, and Cass has pasta sauce everywhere, like in his hair, on his clothes, and all over his face, but he's grinning. And, Dean, I think this badge tastes okay. I didn't forget the tomatoes this time. And it's so damn endearing that Dean physically has to stop himself from doing something stupid, like kissing the sauce away from Cass's cheeks. He goes straight out after dinner, ignoring Sam's far too knowing pleas to calm down and just tell me what's happened before you go and drink and screw yourself into oblivion. But he walks out of the bunker and does not look back, because he could feel Cass's eyes on him and that was all too much, to be honest. Look, it's not like Dean's an idiot, okay? He has been very aware for a long time that he and Cass have is different to what he has had or had with anyone else. Different the different to Lisa even. And that's what is steering the Impala towards the bar right now. That gut wrenching fear of, oh God, what is this? What is happening? I don't understand. Sexual attraction he could handle just fine. Maybe they'd fuck once or twice, but only as a stress and tension reliever. It would be casual, easy, mean nothing. Yeah, simple attraction would be fine, only this is far away from just the UST or whatever they call it on Dr. Sexy that time. So Dean goes to the bar, and he drinks himself mostly sort of halfway to oblivion and picks up a pretty redhead with boobs that won't quit and a silent promise of a good time. He only gets about as far as the backseat of the Impala because he's classy like that, but hey, it could have been the club bathroom or something before he freezes in a way that he hasn't since he lost his virginity at the tender age of 16, only this time it's stupid blue eyes and dark hair that burns his eyelids. The poor girl, Sandy, Susan, no, Sophie, that's the one, grabs her pur- purse and pushes him away, sliding away under his semi-naked body. He attempts a meek sort of, I'm sorry, Soph, I'm just not feeling it, because he does feel bad about leading her on, but he soon stops feeling guilty when she huffs indignantly and snaps, my name is Lucy, you dickwad, and definitely accidentally on purpose catches his ankle with her stiletto heel as she storms out of the car. So it goes. When Dean slips back into the dunker, back into the bunker with his tail between his legs a while later, he's been sitting outside in his car, getting steadily drunker, more drunk, drunkier. For the past hour, stumbling slightly because, hey, his own feet are like a trip hazard. It's 3 a.m. and he doesn't expect Cass to be sitting up waiting for him. Only Cass is setting up waiting for him. Hey, Cass, he draws. And damn it, what is wrong with his jacket? He has one glued it to his wrist because it is not coming off. 
Cass rolls his eyes and helps, which is good because Dean's forgotten in which direction his bathroom is. And it isn't isn't that ridiculous. Clearly, his absence from the hard stuff he went to purgatory has sent tonight's consumption straight into his bloodstream and affected him more than it used to. And it's possible Cass is muttering this as he steers them both down the hall because that doesn't sound like something Dean would say. Then they're in the bedroom and his mattress is busy remembering him under his butt and Cass is frowning in a if I could smite you I would kind of way. Are we going to talk about it Cass asks like he knows exactly what it is and probably good that one of them does. So Dean says no and then he's unconscious before he hears Cass's response. It all comes to a rather inevitable conclusion on a Wednesday afternoon. Dean is sitting on a table nursing a beer, and Sam is cataloging or some equally boring shit opposite him, when he has a sudden flash memory of scrambling eggs and declares, I love you, and Jesus fucking Christ, how had he not seen it sooner? Then the beer is all over the floor, and he can only gape like a goldfish for a moment. He looks at his brother almost accusingly because this has to be Sam's fault somehow, but Sam only quirks his shoulder and smiles and nods, and he doesn't say anything, but it's quite obvious he gets it. And wow, what a jerk. Except that, except where he's not, and Dean feels another rush of relief that he stops Sammy from trying to save the world. Then Dean is on his feet, heading towards Cass's room, apparently, and the man in question is sitting cross-legged on his bed, and holy motherfuck, is he knitting. Oh god, he is. Cass is knitting, and Dean doesn't really know what to do with this, but he bet it was Sam's idea. He's the only girl Dean knows who could knit. But then Cass is frowning and putting down the green yarn and asking, Dean? So Dean steps forward, looks down at him, says, you told me you love me, and I thought you were being sarcastic. Yes. Oh, well, Yes. Dean had expected denial, maybe, but then perhaps he shouldn't judge everyone by his own standards. But you weren't, Dean continues, and it's not a question except for where it is. No. And care to elaborate, Chatty Cathy? He he snaps, and he doesn't mean only this, so yeah. Cass is standing now. Personal space be damned. What would you like me to say, Dean? I don't know, Cass. Dean lifts his arms before letting them fall helplessly to his side. How about, how about explaining why? Because as far as I can see, this is your fault. This is your chance to be human, to make a fresh start. And yet here you are. And yet you're here when you could be anywhere with anyone. And you told me you fucking love me, man. It didn't even occur to me to believe you. I mean, shouldn't that prove that I'm fucked up, Cass? You know me. You know I'm not. But he doesn't get the chance to explain what he isn't because suddenly he is a he has an armful of not quite angel anymore there on his lips and Jesus he should have stopped talking a long time ago. Turns out those pasta fifth sauce fantasies he had, had didn't even begin to compare to the real thing. Cass's kisses like he's desperate for it, and maybe he is. Maybe they both are by this point. It's all teeth and tongue. God Cass's tongue, and the bruising press of fingertips on warm skin. They lose their shirts fairly quickly, and Dean's hands skim over the hard lines of Cass's chest down to softer planes of his stomach, around his back, and drag up his spine. And it's so different from doing this with a woman, but God, different, but good, different, because Dean really can't get enough. He wonders briefly if there's such a thing as being Cass sexual, because he definitely, because he is definitely that if so. But then Cass presses his hips forward, and Dean pretty much stops wondering anything. And wait, how did they get onto the bed? Because they are. And Dean's sure that there's damn nitty needles prodding him between his shoulders blades. But Cass 
but with Castle on top of him, he doesn't really care. It doesn't take long for them to show the rest of their clothes, and then it's skin on skin everywhere is on fire, and he feels lightheaded and dizzy. They're grinding against each other like horny teenagers, but that's okay because there'll be plenty of time for other stuff later. But right now, they just, they need. Dean starts to think he might actually have an aneurysm when when Cass's mouth travels across his jawline and across his ear, all hot breaths and whispers. I love your terrible eating habits. And that's probably one of the weirdest things Dean's heard in the throes of passion, but he's also pretty damn sure that Cass could read the phone book and turn him on, so... It's all sweat, slick skin now, sliding over and over, and oh yes, right there, and I love you sometimes when the emotional maturity of a teenager, and what the hell is Cass doing? Dude, Dean chuckles, breaking off a gas as the tongue flicks down towards his neck before getting out. We gotta work on your dirty talk. But Cass isn't done. I love the way you believed you were broken after hell and yet stayed strong for Sam. Cass, I love that you never said yes to Michael. And now Dean isn't sure if he wants to cry or not, so he flips them over and swallows Cass's groan, hips bucking shamelessly. They kiss for a long time, tongues plandering, learning, and tasting. I love the way that you didn't give up on people, Cass mutters, fingers ghosting over. Holy mother of fuck, everywhere. Cass, please, Dean begs. But he doesn't know what he's begging for, only knows that the pleasure is almost painful, tugging and desperate, visceral, and he can't hear these things. A pair of legs, Cass's legs, hook around Dean's waist and he's pulling them closer with with stimulanous moans until there's hardly an inch of them that isn't touching, rubbing and grinding. There's a mouth on Dean's neck, he realizes instantly, and half hopes there'll be a hickey the size of Texas there in the morning. I love the way you didn't, uh, yes, right there, Dean. Oh, the way you didn't give up on me. Cass breathes in a sudden rush like he can't hold it in any longer. Because I have never and will never give up on you. And that's it. That's all it takes. The slow building, burning in the pit of Dean's stomach becomes blinding white hot and so intense that it definitely tears on Dean's cheeks. And two more thrusts and that's it. He's coming all over and there are a few stomachs with a groan so loud there's no way the whole of Lebanon couldn't hear it. He thinks he says something, something insane and ridiculous and honest like, Cass, oh God, I love you too probably because he's so exhausted and his limbs are shaking and when Cass comes it's almost too much a dry sob racks his body and he collapses besides Cass kissing him softly shoves the damn knitting out of the way and pulls the covers over them cleaning up isn't important they can shower later nothing is important anymore other being in this moment right now and the sound of their breathing when Cass walks out of the kitchen one day later and says I love you Dean knows he isn't joking and maybe it's never really been a problem anyway the end <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Besides the hickey part, I was like, "Here we go, more Dude. love bites every single time." The size, loved, of, the size of Texas. The size of Texas. I loved it all, but as soon as I read the hickey part, I was like, "Ashley's gonna lose it." Well, I guess I need to know where did they? Did you say it was on his neck? I need to know where this hickey is. If it's uh, on his neck, I have an issue with it. If not, yeah, I don't care. there's a mouth on Dean's neck. It's his he neck, hopes dude. It's, it's the his size neck. of Texas. It's just so trashy. It's his neck. Just go down lower. <laughs> Why does it have to be so visible to everybody? Go on the peck. Yeah, the peck. <laughs> Um, this is, this was really good. Like, I thought this could be, like, canon. Right? Yeah. Right? You know? like, yeah. I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen the show, but, like, I know you say there's a lot of, like, sexual, like, tension. tension. And yeah, that's what I read about, anyway. I'm, yeah. I'm like, this, I feel like could, this could have happened, like, 
should happen. <laughs> I don't really know this Dean character, but I feel like I already know him after like this week of like his character. And now I can't wait to watch this show to see if he, is he really like this? Is he really kind of like this confident and stuff like that? Uh, right, right. And I want to just I want to see how they interact on the show. Yeah. You know, um, especially I, I think because Cass comes in a little later. So um, yeah, I want I want to so. see their interactions and like root for the two of them together. Wait. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm glad you guys liked it. Good pick. Yeah. Thanks. The A plus, A plus. Boop, boop. We'll have a good week. Nerd Thanks, guys. guys. That's everything from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.